Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Unending Rebuild. Uh, super excited to be back, uh, fresh off some uh, championship games, moving into the Super Bowl. Um, that 49ers game sucked, but, you know, the the Chiefs-Bengals games kind of made up for it with the ref show there in the late night hours. Uh, joining me, as always, we got Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what's up. What's up, guys? Josh Lee here. I'm super excited to talk. Rookie quarterbacks today, because uh, we know how important NFL quarterbacks are for, for their franchises. Uh, definitely highlighted this weekend, as we saw Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow make it to their second straight AFC Championship game, and I expect that to be the case for many years to come. And then Jalen Hurts carried his squad, the Eagles, into the Super Bowl. Um, and then there was the 49ers who struggled the most this weekend, who didn't have a franchise quarterback at the helm, and that kind of made the difference. So uh, definitely excited to talk about these prospects and uh, pick out which ones we think are going to hit in the NFL. Uh, what's up, guys? It's Perlman. Uh, happy to be here. And yeah, like Kai said, the games this uh, this weekend were one was disappointing and one was a lot of fun, but, you know, a little bit impacted by the refs. And like Josh said, quarterbacks are super important. We saw Brock Purdy go down and then Josh Johnson go down right behind him. So uh, the 49ers, if Trey Lance uh, is healthy, they might actually give him a chance. But, you know, they're going to need a quarterback, too. If if not, quarterbacks are super important. And so that's why this episode we're talking about four big prospect names this in this upcoming draft. And we're going to give you guys our opinions on them and how we think they're, they'll fare in their NFL careers. Uh, so let's let's do it. I'm excited to get started. Yeah, so like the guy said, we're going to be going into the consensus top four quarterback prospects uh, for this upcoming class. We're going to do an in-depth analysis on each one of them. Um, we'll get into our film review. Maybe we'll talk some landing spot, and then we'll talk about um, we'll talk also about how they'll impact fantasy football because it's not always the exact same how they impact the NFL. So. Uh, we're really excited to get into it. And again, we're going to go over the four consensus guys here today uh, that I think are, that are the only realistic ones to go in the first round. Um, it's been pretty consistent like that uh, really since the beginning of the year. Um, and yeah, so the four guys we'll be talking about today are Bryce Young, uh, CJ Stroud, uh, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson in that order. Uh, we'll timestamp it in the description uh, when we talk about each, if you want to skip ahead and listen to a particular quarterback's part. So let's get into the first quarterback we're going to discuss today, and that will be Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, your 2021 Heisman winner. Uh, let me move over to his statistics here. He is 21 years old. He turns 22 in July. He's listed at six foot one ninety four. Um, I think we'll be all curious to see what that official weigh in comes in and what that official height's at. Is he five ten? Actually, we don't really know. That's he's something small. to definitely keep an eye on. That's yeah, something small. we want to keep an eye on. Uh, and yeah, so quarterback at Alabama, Bryce Young. Uh, who wants to get us kicked off with Bryce here? Uh, I can kick us off with Bryce. Um, so watched a bunch of Bryce film um, a couple weeks back. And the first thing that really stood out to me was that he, he's a small quarterback. He's, he's not very big. He even looks pretty skinny. Um, and I was kind of expecting someone of his size um, to kind of like really stand out in some fashion. Um, 
And Bryce Young didn't necessarily do that in my first review of his film. Um, he he kind of does everything well, but doesn't really like blow you out of the water with how talented he is. Completely um, agree, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, the but I went back today and I rewatched this film, and one thing that I noticed about Bryce Young, man, is just a gamer. Um, like he's able to escape the pocket whenever there's pressure. He's able to avoid blitzes. He's able to recognize blitzes. He's able to recognize coverages and he has pinpoint accuracy. Um, his stats did drop off a pretty decent amount this past season in his junior season, but his receivers sucked. If you go and watch his film, half of Bryce Young's good throws are dropped by the receivers. They hit the receivers right in the hands and they just drop the ball. So I wouldn't necessarily account a lot of the dip in performance from Bryce Young on his actual play. Um, his surrounding talent took a pretty steep drop off after losing Mechie and JMO. Um, but yeah, kind of when I went a little bit more digging into his film, like I, I think he's a consensus. I think he's the one-on-one. Um, I initially said to the guys, Perlman and Kai's here, that uh, I wasn't so sure that Bryce Young was the one-on-one. After rewatching all of his film, I do think he is. Um, he won the Heisman last year, throwing 47 touchdowns at 4,700 yards. Um, and he did take a step back this year, but his surrounding talent also took a pretty big step back. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for Bryce Young to enter the NFL. Uh, he's clearly a great leader, uh, clearly very, very intelligent of the game of football. Um, and he's just a gamer. He's, he's a winner. Um, so I'm expecting him to be pretty successful wherever he lands. Yeah, I mean, I think you're so right about a lot of things that you just said. I mean, he's so smart. Definitely something I wanted to highlight. I mean, he he definitely recognizes coverages pretty quickly, and he makes a lot of pre-snap uh, adjustments to try to uh, adjust for the blitz that's coming his way. Uh, he He's definitely, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the draft. He does look small on film, like you said. Um, but he throws a beautiful ball and he has uh, decent arm strength for his size. He's, he is really small. So it's nice to be able to see him be able to throw to the other side of the field um, and still put zip on his passes. Uh, he gets the ball out quickly to his check downs and, and to the screens. He puts a little zip on the ball. Um, and I like the way he's accurate uh, in receivers running when receivers are running routes, you know, he times up routes pretty well as well. Uh, doesn't hit his receivers uh, behind and and in the back shoulder and things, you know, allows them to maintain their speed in their routes. And I really like that in the quarterback. Um, I, I'm, I also think that he's really the consensus one-on-one. I would be shocked. Um, I, I think that I, I think personally, I think the Texans are going to jump up uh, and trade um, the bears. I, I don't know what's going to happen because uh, the Texans are stupid and, you know, just lost the first, the first overall pick. So maybe they, they don't think they have to do it. Um, in the last week, they decided to be dumb, but uh, I think that they would be dumb not to take uh, Bryce young and to secure that one one spot um, in the NFL draft. Uh, Bryce young has just been so good every single year at Alabama. Uh, Josh Hardy listed out his stats and that he won the Heisman. Uh, we all know what he can do on the football field, but just watching him, his film, like, you know, he does do a great job escaping the pocket but also navigating his reads uh, before then and, and really uh, hitting receivers like just extremely well in stride on time and, and in his route. So um, it's hard to, you know, nitpick his game. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, throw too much shade his, his way. 
Um, I thought maybe he held on to the ball a little bit longer at times, um, but that's, you know, happens a lot with young mobile quarterbacks. Um, he wanted to use his legs more than he had to, but especially this year, he probably had to use his legs a lot more than it looked like because the receivers kept dropping the ball. So, um, you know, I, I really think there's uh, his main, you know, his main knock is his size for sure. Uh, but, you know, if we thought it was a problem, it you know, it probably would have shown up by now. He's played at Alabama uh, played against SEC opponents his entire career and done nothing but excel. So uh, I, I don't see it becoming an issue at the next level. What about you, Will? Yeah, I I like Bryce Young. I'm not sure I like him quite as much as y'all. Um, I I think he's probably the favorite right now to go one-on-one. But I'm not sure it's as sure as a thing as y'all think it is. I think the size is going to be a concern for NFL teams. I really do, especially if he – they get their hands on him and measure him, and he comes out to 5'10", which I think is a real possibility. Uh, I, I think that would put off some teams. Uh, so I have that concern about his overall capital. I don't know how much that really means exactly from a dynasty football, fantasy football perspective. Um, I, I, I've been watching a lot of his 2022 tape because I think it's interesting to see how he would do without the stud receivers. And, I mean, obviously, I'm accounting for that. Obviously, his numbers aren't going to be as good as 2021 when he had Mechie, when he had JMO, And just a little underwhelming. I kind of just wrote that he's a – I think he's a 7 out of 10 guy in, like, most categories. Like, he's good. He's good, but I don't know if he has any elite traits except maybe his pocket mobility. I really liked his pocket mobility, which Josh said earlier about how he has this capability to extend the play. I think that's a really good trade of his, but I wasn't completely blown away by anything. Now, what I like, I need to go back and watch more 2021 tape to see how he can play with competent and elite receivers at the college level. But just without having any of those elite traits besides the escapability, coupled with the concerns about his size, I'm not so sure he's the surefire fire one or 101, nor do I think he's the quarterback with the highest ceiling in the class. Um, those are just my, I, I'm a, but I still really like Bryce Young, but just a little bit of light pushback there is what I would offer. Yeah, I, I'd, I, I kind of like to, uh, add one thing. Um, I think like looking at his 2022 film, I'm honestly just so impressed with the throws that he has the confidence to make, even though he doesn't know if his guy's going to come down with the ball. Because when you don't have confidence in your receivers, it's hard to have the confidence to make some of the throws that he was making. I agree. And he still put up, what, a 65% completion percentage, 3,300 yards, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions this past season with pretty dog water wide, uh, wide receivers. Um, yeah. And I was wa- and while watching the film, too, I kept waiting to see, like, oh, I want to see this deep ball accuracy. I want to see this deep ball accuracy. Never did it. They never did it because I think Saban knew that the receivers just weren't up for it. And it seemed like his wide receiver one was just Jameer Gibbs, really. Um, yeah, I mean, even the, that 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 uh, that, that uh, famous touchdown, the Texas game, was to Jameer Gibbs, right? So, like, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Alabama found themselves in the situation. But, yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a bit of a weird film to watch because, like, 
it almost just proves that he can excel at like a game manager level, I think. Um, and doesn't flash those elite traits. So I think if you want to see that, you had to go back into 2021 when he was able to actually throw those 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 in place balls in places where only elite receivers can get them, but also where only really good quarterbacks can get them too. So um yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like his 2022 tape doesn't wow you. It's not the most exciting thing to watch. And, you know, he doesn't look to be the most elite athlete on the field um, that, like this year. And and he's not the most ath- uh, elite athlete on the field. Um, he'll probably run like a mid four or five, uh, which is a, a good time for a quarterback. Um, but you know, he's, he's not the fastest quarterback. He's not the fastest player on the field. He's not the biggest player on the field. Uh, he's not the shiftiest player on the field. He's not Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not going to go break ankles. Uh, but his, his, he does have a great deep ball. I think you can see that a lot on his film from last year. Uh, and, and that's how he really makes his plays by just moving the chains, extending plays outside the pocket, making plays down the field, but also being able to run when he has to. Uh, and, and he does do that at a, at a, very very high level and he makes great reads and he's able to uh you know make quick reads as well when the blitz is coming and he recognizes that so i think that he'll have a short transition and that'll help him uh immensely in in his transition to the nfl uh just his his intelligence yeah Perlman, kind of going off of that uh you mentioned how he's able to pick up blitzes and um we've talked a bunch about him uh, his mobility and being able to escape the pocket. I think one of the big things which is pretty telling is how co- college quarterbacks deal with pressures, especially because these top prospects, they're probably not going to go into the best situation and they're going to be facing a lot of pressure, um, a lot of blitzes and maybe not have the best offensive line. This past season, um, Bryce Young, when he was pressured, his pressure completion percentage was 68.6%. Um, that is good for second best in this in this class. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the first best, um, but I think that that's kind of speaks to his ability to handle pressure and his ability to escape from the pocket and extend plays. Um, and I think that, like you guys said, it's it's going to translate pretty well to the NFL. So, what do we think the most likely draft outcome is for Bryce Young? Do we think that? the bears trade away the one-on-one to somebody to move up and take him. Do we think that the bears stay put in the Texans take him at one Oh two, or uh, it sounds like that seems to be our consensus with draft draft capital. Um, personally, I don't know if I see a team trading up for it. I don't know. I mean, if we look at, I mean, we look at what the Colts have typically drafted a quarterback. I, I don't know if I see them moving up. But I, I'm, I'm open to hear what y'all have to say about this. I mean, I don't think the Colts will trade up for him. I think I, we have seen reports that they like Levis, and I, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if they went up it and tried to, to get fit Levis. The bill. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah, you know, that organization, I think it's something that they might end up doing. Um, but I think that there are other teams that could entice uh the bears that are a little bit farther down like the panthers maybe um or or some other team um but i i I think that the texans are going to want to secure that spot i think that the bears have their quarterback of the future um i would i would be pretty shocked if they ended up trading fields or something instead and going love i mean that would be insane 
Uh, so I think the Bears will be willing to trade it for less than, especially to the Texans, for less than you ever really see a 101 go for. Um, you know, it could just be a second round pick plus maybe a fourth or fifth, um, which is, is much less than you really ever see the first round pick go for, especially because since they have the second round or the number two pick, you know, they just swap those and then a few uh, later round picks. So I, I think that the Bears might give it up kind of cheap to them. So I, I could I really do see the Texans wanting to go up and get it. Um, but what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think Bryce Young ends up on the Texans. Um, I could, we could probably even see something like a 102, a second rounder, and like a Brandon Cooks for the 101. Uh, give Justin I like Fair, that. I like that. Number one wide receiver. Um, Good thing. But yeah, um, the, the Texans also have what, like the 12th or 13th overall. So they could do something. Get another like receiver. Well. The uh, offense could be decent. I mean, Damian Pierce probably getting another uh, fragrant running back, Nico Collins, and if they draft a wide receiver and then Bryce Young. It's a lot of ifs, but you also have John Metchie coming back. The abilities there, yeah, exactly. So I'm curious. That'd be interesting. We'd have a, once again get another pairing of uh, college quarterback and wide receiver. Bryce Young, um, John Mechie. Yeah, Ooh, that'd be pretty spicy. I'd like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, Meshi's uh, in the owner's ear right now, just telling him in, in the Go GM's ear. Guy. Yeah, I need my man. Need my yeah. man. That's how I. Hundred catches. Yep. <laughs> Have we got anything more on Bryce Young? We're gonna move on to Stroud. Let's do it. Yep. I think All right, let's get more. on to CJ Stroud. So Stroud is the quarterback out of Ohio State. He is currently 21. He turns 22 in October. So. Pretty young. We like that. He is also 6'3", 218. The dude is thick. He is a tank. Um, I'll go ahead here and just give a, a few introductory thoughts about CJ Stroud. Uh, first, his 2022 tape is like the opposite of Bryce Young's. Um, talk about an elite receiver room there, just Igbuka and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., not even counting uh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is hurt. But that I mean, that receiver room is just crazy. We'll, just, we'll acknowledge that first, and, try, and we've been trying to watch the film uh, with keeping that in mind. That said, I like C.J. Stroud a lot. I He, he doesn't have any, like, blow-your-mind athleticism. We know this. He's not sold to be his pocket passer for sure. But that said, I, he has a decent pocket mobility about him. I liked how he moved around in the pocket, how he stepped up into the pocket, pocket stepped into his throws. Um and I, one thing I noticed with him a lot, too, was his ability to throw outside the numbers. He, he consistently proved that he had good arm strength to get the ball out wide um, and really spread the ball out around the field. So just opening it up with those introductory thoughts, uh, Jared, I'll kick it on over to you to continue uh, our thoughts about Stroud. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Stroud guy, definitely. Uh, I love watching the tape. It is fun. Like I said, there's never a time where he doesn't have – elite receivers um so that definitely is extremely helpful for him uh first round receivers probably he's going to end up throwing to five first round receivers over two years uh which is just insane um but i i just i i gotta echo kai's uh sentiment about pocket mobility for sure uh, I think he does a great job of stepping up, stepping around uh, incoming rushers without uh, getting outside of the pocket. And, it's and like stable and graceful too. It's interesting. It, it is. He looks kind to like me big like ben, I thought. 
Yeah, I was going to say Joe Burrow, uh, but I think Big Ben does a, a great job of navigate. Big Ben is, did a great job of navigating the pocket uh, for sure. He had a little bit of scrambles in him, especially when he was younger. Uh, but Big Ben was extremely good at, at navigating the pocket and, and just staying out of trouble while st- maintaining like his, his being in the pocket. Uh, and Stroud does that very well. He does not run the ball like at all. Um, he did on the biggest uh, stage showcase showcase that he can run the ball um, against Georgia. Uh, But before that, uh, you know, he had like nothing all year. So uh, I wouldn't be counting on him in terms of uh, a fantasy uh, Konami Konami code quarterback. Uh, He's not going to be getting you 10 plus quarterback or points on the ground each week. Um, I I wouldn't expect anywhere close to that. Uh, Maybe just one, if that, uh, but that said, I, I think he has tremendous upside uh, as a passer. Um, he makes great reads all the time, in my opinion. His tape is littered with him doing the right thing, getting the ball to the right receiver in the right place at the right time. And I just love it every time. Uh, he gives those elite receivers the ability to shine and show that that's what they're, um, you know, that they're just as good as they are. Uh, I think his. I think that his floor is a Jared Goff type quarterback. Uh, and then his ceiling is something like a Joe Burrow or, or, or big Ben. Like I, I see him as being a fantastic game manager. Um, no matter what, I, I think his, his ability, his intelligence, his processing ability and his pocket mobility will allow him to have a long career uh, in the NFL, at least as a game manager. But if he's able to, uh, you know, put all of his skills together and keep developing uh, he he could really be a more of a Joe Burrow and and because he does have a a great arm or a Big Ben where he, he does have a strong arm he's able to push the ball downfield uh, make kind of those improv improvisational plays um, and so I I just think he's a great prospect um, I don't I also again don't have a ton of knocks for him uh, probably have more pros for him than I do for Bryce Young uh, he's just he's you know a big prospect as well uh, he's six three two twenty um, I, I, I very much like CJ Stroud. I, I really hope that the Ohio state quarterback curse was broken with Justin Fields and that CJ Stroud, uh, continues that trend. Um, if you look at his stats again, they did go down this year, um, just like Bryce young, but he lost obviously Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, two guys who went in the top 12 of the NFL draft, uh, and his two receivers this year were still young, although they'll end up being first-round picks uh, probably as well. And obviously, Jackson Smith and Chigba uh, was hurt all year, so he didn't really get a, a chance to shine. Uh, so I, I, I'm not blaming him for a little dip in his uh, production this year. He still had a 66% completion percentage, uh, still averaged 9.5 yards per attempt, uh, still had 41 touchdowns, and, and only had six interceptions. So... Um, really not very many knocks for me. All, all good things for me to say about CJ Stroud. Uh, what about you, Josh? Yeah, I'll, I'll even uh, kind of piggyback on that last point you made. Um, he's actually the first Big Ten quarterback to post back-to-back seasons with 30-plus touchdowns. Um, wow, so that's surprising. Setting some records over there, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm surprised no Ohio State quarterback has at least had 30 twice in a row, but I guess they, they only get one year most of the time. Yeah, they only get one year, <laughs> and then they're out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So good to see that consistency from Stroud. Um, but I would like to kind of highlight the point a little bit more, how good Stroud's team around him really is, because he's had elite receivers um, his entire career. 
he's only thrown to first round NFL wide receivers, um, barring um, Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Emeka Agbuka going first round next year. Um, but last season, he had probably three first round receivers um, that he was throwing to. And I touched on Bryce Young, his ability to complete passes under pressure. And I've been in love with CJ Stroud as a prospect throughout this entire process. Uh, but I came across a data point today that made me pump the brakes on him a little bit. So this past season, um, CJ Stroud has had a clean pocket 80% of the time. Um, so almost every single throw that he's able to make is from a clean pocket. He faces pressure 20% of the time, obviously. Um, but when he faces pressure, his completion percentage is only 46.6%. Um, that is compared to Bryce Young's 68.6%. Um, so that's a pretty big difference when he faces pressure. Um, maybe that's like a small sample because he only faces pressure 20% of the time. Um, but it's definitely not encouraging. Um, I'd be curious to see where uh, CJ Stroud ends up landing. Um, because there's a chance that he goes to a team where the offensive line isn't great. And then he's really going to be tested um, because he might not be the best quarterback when he faces pressure. Um, so I'm curious to see how he continues to develop as a quarterback. Um, but that was one thing that kind of gave me a little bit of pause. Um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, I will continue to go back on uh, my CJ Stroud hype train because I love the kid. I think he's going to be a great NFL No Stroud slander here. Um, <laughs> had, to, had to give the, uh, the disclaimer, though. Hey, Stroud, uh, Stroud also throws the ball away a lot, too. I just want to say that uh, you can definitely see him make some decisions sometimes where, uh, you know, when he faces some pressure, I think he likes to throw the ball away, which isn't always a bad thing. Might impact yeah, that's that true. Stat. That's true. That's that's a good point. Um, I like that spin. Good job. Yeah. Um, but going back to Hell Stroud's yeah. positives, uh, like you guys said, uh, I've noticed that he has great pocket presence. He has great blitz recognition. Um, great accuracy and arm strength. I think the one thing that really stood out to me was his accuracy, um, especially on those outside throws. Um, it almost looked like his best throws are um, outside the hashes, and he really shows off that ability to kind of pinpoint his receivers and throw it perfectly to the back shoulder. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like that. Again. I don't know if it's that Ohio State camera angle that's like really high up, but like all <laughs> of his throws to the outside look so impressive. I was just like watching. I was like, "Who's this guy?" I'm like, "Oh, that's gonna be pick the things in the air forever." It just zips there, and it's so impressive every time. Yeah, he's 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 got he's got a great arm. Um, and kind of touching on that, um, he's incredible on deep passes. Um, he's always able to find the guy deep, whether it was Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, JSN. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka, he always finds the guy going deep. Um, and we're defining that as 20 plus yards. Um, this past season, he had a 46% completion percentage on deep passes, um, which is very impressive. There was only one quarterback in all of FBS that had a better completion percentage on uh, deep passes. Now it's Max Duggan. Um, so I'm curious what uh, how Max Duggan is going to. Um, fair in the scouting process but not my boy was launching it to quentin quentin johnson (laughs) that's a quentin johnson style (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um that kind of concludes oh yeah the one one last thing that i would like to touch on is um cj stroud's passer rating um this past season cj stroud had the top passer rating in all of college football at 176.3 
Um, Hendon Hooker was second and Caleb Williams was fifth. Um, but even more impressive, CJ Stroud was second in all of FBS last season in passer rating. So that's just straight consistency being one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um, so the big question mark obviously is if he can do this with, without those first round wide receivers, if he doesn't have uh, great receivers around him, doesn't have a great supporting cast, doesn't have a great offensive line, how will he look? Um, and I guess it's, I'm really curious to see where he lands next season. Uh, if he lands in a favorable spot, I think he's going to be very, very good. So what do we think then if uh, he ends up, say, on the Colts? Uh, I know we think the Colts might take Will Levis. Uh, you know, there's uh, also, I guess, the Seahawks, uh, the Cardinals. Um, I, I personally was really hoping for the Panthers. I like I'm hoping I, for the Panthers I've too. seen a lot of mocks with him going to the Panthers. I mean, it makes sense, I think, uh, given the draft order and Stroud's perceived capital. But I think also it's a good fit because – the way that the Panthers are said to be a really good running team and they showed good success when they got rid of that. Uh, what's his face? Can't think of his name right now. Christian that McCaffrey. Christian uh, McCaffrey. Not, not McCaffrey, the coach. Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, um, who? Uh, Rule. Matt Rule. Matt thank Rule. you. Yeah. Well, once they got rid of him and they actually like ran the ball and like, like had a game plan, they showed that they were a running team. That's who they were at their core. I mean, even when they got rid of McCaffrey, they were like, they were good. Um, and they, they, they almost snuck in with the NFC South there. They had a chance. And I, I think when you add a, like a quarterback like Stroud with a strong running game, you don't need him to be as big of a runner, even though he's not immobile. And you can play off the play action, and that will help him. DJ Moore maybe finally DJ gets Moore. His, DJ Moore maybe DJ finally Moore. gets a good quarterback. <laughs> Actually, no, if he goes there, that means Stroud will suck because Moore's not allowed to get a quarterback. But – but I, I did want to I did want to say that I think the Panthers is a good landing spot. And one more thing, we've kind of talked about how good Ohio State wide receivers are. Jared gave a little bit of a nod to Stroud be kind of like Joe Burrow with his pocket presence. But Burrow is another quarterback that had amazing college wide receivers. And it's not always just because you have good receivers doesn't mean we can't. They're not good quarterbacks too. So uh, just wanted to add that point. You know, someone. I guess unless you have, I, I was going to bring up another team. Someone no one is talking about for drafting a quarterback, I feel like right now, is the Raiders. I feel like with Devontae Adams uh, and, and going nice. in there, uh, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, bringing him on the Raiders. The Raiders had a great, at least, uh, rushing offensive line. I, I don't know how well they pass protected Derek Carr, uh, but that would be pretty interesting uh, and would have some high-powered weapons on the Raiders' offense. Uh, and they're number seven, so they, they they might have the opportunity to move up as well. Um, could be interesting. I definitely like that landing spot as well. I think all of the QB needy teams, they, they're they all pretty good landing spots for these quarterbacks, apart from maybe the Texans. It's unusual, but even the Texans, you're like, they have cap room, they have some young talent, like, and they have two first-round picks this year, so it is interesting. <sighs> Yeah. Um, going back to answering your question, Perlman, because I know you initially asked it about the Colts, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I would I would really like CJ Stroud on the Colts because I mean they got they got Michael Pittman, they have Alec Pierce, um, they have athletic freak Jelani Woods, they got Jonathan Taylor, and two seasons ago they had the best offensive line in football. 
Um, I don't know what happened this past season. The offensive yeah. line didn't change, but they had the best offensive line in football. Um, so Ohio State 2.0 right there. <laughs> yeah, quarterback got super immobile. It went from Carson Wentz being dumb to statue in the pocket, and I don't know. I guess the line couldn't hold up, but I agree. I mean, I I obviously would love the Colts. Everybody knows I'm a Michael Pittman stan, uh, and, and the other weapons you mentioned, uh, not to mention two years ago, the offensive line was good, so hopefully they can get back to – form uh so yeah i mean that would that would be my ideal landing spot uh but i did want to bring up the raiders because i do think that's pretty interesting and someone people really aren't talking about for drafting a quarterback uh that that rightfully should be looking for one uh and i think could be a sleeper to, to draft one all right are you feeling pretty good about our cj stroud conversation yeah i've been outside. all right let's get into our next guy that will be Will Levis. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. I think this one might be the most um, polarized discussion that we'll have today. He's, he's just one of those guys. And uh, so we got Levis coming in from Kentucky. He was a transfer from Penn State. Uh, he is a bit older. He's 23, so he's... Uh, two years and three months older than CJ Stroud, which when you put it like that, gives you a little bit of pause. But we'll evaluate him on his talent. He's big. He's 6'3", 232. Uh, and yeah, big dude. Um, who wants to get start off with Will Levis here? Josh, you want to go ahead? Sure, I can take it away. Um, so I watched a lot of Will Levis Will Levis games last year because um, I was a big fan of Wandale um, and Will Levis was his quarterback, obviously. Um, and I was like, oh, like Will Levis is kind of a sleeper. Like he looks pretty good. He looks like an NFL quarterback. He's big. Like he's a he's a really big dude. Um, and he kind of just like looks the part of, of an NFL quarterback. He had a big arm. Um, and then people started talking about him going top five. Kind of gave me a little bit of pause because um, I didn't know if Will Levis possess the traits of a top five quarterback, especially because he looked like garbage this past season. Uh, he Kentucky was bad. Um, his stats looked bad. Uh, he would have games where he threw for under 100 yards and three picks. Like, it was not a good scene over there in Kentucky this season. Um, and I guess that we can make excuses about Kentucky because they lost a few offensive linemen. They lost uh, all of their offensive weapons. So they were kind of a shit show all season. Um, but diving into his game film against Georgia this year, um, I mean, this, this the same thing that I watched last year rang true. He looks like an NFL quarterback. Um, and he's big. He's got a strong arm. He reads defense as well. Um, he has great accuracy um, and throws the ball only to where his receiver can come down with it. Um, there were a few times when he shows like he's a little bit lazy um, and he stays flat-footed, and he doesn't drive into his throws, and that kind of caused in, into some miscues. Um, and I think a lot of that is just him just relying on his arm strength because he is very, very confident in his arm. Um, but I think that these might be things that can be coached out of him because he has all the tools, um, and you, you can't teach arm strength. You can't teach confidence in your arm. Um, and I think with the right coaching staff, he could turn into a pretty good NFL quarterback. Um, I thought that's kind of his ceiling. I, I do think he might end up being more of an average quarterback, maybe like like kind of like a Carson Wentz kind of guy. Um, 
But I guess we'll, we'll have to see. I think the one thing that I've talked about a lot today has been how does he fare under pressure? Um, and he, out of all of the quarterbacks on this list, he actually faced pressure the most um, at 38%. 38% of plays, he was pressured. And his pressure completion, per- completion percentage was actually the highest out of any quarterback that is in this year's or next year's draft class at 72.9%. Wow. Pretty damn impressive, uh, especially if he's going to a team where he's going to be facing a lot of pressure because um, he shows that he'll stand in there. He's willing to just trust his arm and he just lets that thing fly. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised because I disagreed with everyone saying that he was a top five pick. Um, I thought that that was complete baloney. Like there's no way that this guy is a top five pick. But I started to see why these NFL scouts are starting to fall in love with him. Um, and I wouldn't fault a team for taking him in the top 10. Top five might be a little bit too spicy of a take, um, but I could see a team taking him in the top 10. I, I Yeah, I, I think I'm a little higher on him than you. Um, I think top five is certainly a possibility. I, I think how it's going to work is the more arrogant the team, the more likely they are to take him. Because I think when you look at Will Levis, you're like, this is like someone that we can mold. You know, like you said, he's... Like the, the, the things that are problems feel teachable. Um, and I think he's got some just elite traits that are tough to teach. Like I remember like what just from the beginning of watching him, I was like the zip he puts on the ball is remarkable, but not only that it's the release time is so quick. He is the motion of his arm is really quick. So it, it aids with his ability to process when he can just get the ball out so quick. And, you know, he's competing in the SEC without elite talent, especially this last offseason once Wandale was gone and, like you said, missing the offensive lineman. I thought his deep ball accuracy was really good. I, I thought he just put balls on dimes frequently. Um, a concern was his uh, intermediate and short accuracy to me. Uh, it almost looked like he was – there were times when he would just overthrow it because his arm's ridiculous – or it was like he was trying to keep his arm in check. And it was kind of like a weird, like short arm kind of throw, I thought. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just really liked Will Levis. I, it sucks that he's 23 because when you hear, like, when I say he's kind of like this a bit of a project in some ways with how he needs to be refined, you don't want him to necessarily be 23 who does that. I don't think it's a huge concern. I think it's more. I think that's more of like a dynasty implication than an NFL implication. It's not like he's 25 or something like that, like Hendon Hooker. Uh, but yeah, I I like Levis. Um, a couple concerns for me. Um, I mentioned the ball placement. Um, I, I thought that some of his decision-making at times on throws seemed a little bit like he was trusting his arm a bit too much, kind of like what you were saying, Josh. And uh, lastly, I thought he looked a little uncomfortable in the pocket at times. So it was interesting to hear that number under pressure. Um, I mean, maybe he looked uncomfortable and then he ended up succeeding. Uh, one thing I am curious about that under pressure stat is how it accounts for screen passes. Because I would wonder, like, because it was like purposely draw pressure in. Um, and then it's a relatively easy completion to make. So I'm curious how they account for that. But I, yeah, like I think Levis fits the Colts prototype for how they like to draft quarterbacks i think the move makes sense and i don't know why i just have this feeling that he's this guy that nfl teams are going to latch on to and going to be like we love this guy we love this guy we got to get this guy and someone's going to trade up to get him 
I think his stock's going to keep going up. It's just a feeling that I have and um, not even reflective of my own personal views. It just seems like that type of build of quarterback that teams like with just this raw talent with a, that needs just a bit of refining. Yeah, I think a bunch of NFL teams have already come out and said how much they love Will Levis. Um, I know David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, has been public in his uh, praise of Will Levis. And um, a lot of teams, there's been a lot of buzz in the news recently about how Will Levis is probably going top five. Um, I struggle to see someone who threw only 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions this past season as being a top five pick. Um, Definitely. It's it, the stats are not impressive when you look at the, look at them at that level. Yeah. So it's, it's tough because when, like when you're, when you're getting a quarterback, you want someone who can lead a team and win. I don't know if Will Levis is that guy for maybe he has all the tools. He has all, he is all of the tape um, to show why he should be the best quarterback, but I don't know. It, it, it's hard to imagine the, uh, it's hard to imagine it translating to the NFL just because like even guys like Patrick Mahomes who didn't, who, who didn't uh, win a lot in, in college football, he still threw for like 5,000 yards and like 45 touchdowns. Um, so he was backing it up with personal stats rather than like not having the wins. Cause he would be in shootouts where they lost like 62 to 55. Will Levis would lose games like 27 to nine, like 31 to six. Like he, he, there were games where he really, really struggled. So I'm a little bit worried about his consistency too. Perlman, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So uh, for me, I have some concerns about Will Levis, but I also think that you're right in the fact that like he, he can definitely be an NFL quarterback. Uh, to me, he reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott as a prospect and a player. That's a great um, comment. I think that, he does have a big arm. They're very similar in size, 6'2", 6'3", 230. Um, they both had similar seasons their last two years in college. Will Levis, his accuracy is slightly behind receivers to me. When I see him throw the ball, he gets it there, but not in stride. Um, like Josh emphasized, there were some kind of short arms where he doesn't drive the ball properly. Um Maybe he's it's a bit of a confidence thing where he thinks he can just to me, it looks like he was just chucking it up, throwing it long sometimes, you know, just a little flick of the wrist and and not really, you know, taking the time to practice that throw and know the arm strength at the proper level to get that throw down properly where he's not short arming it, where he's throwing it properly, how he would throw his motion every other time. Uh, there were some decisions that I saw him miss some wide open receivers uh and and decide to pull the ball down he runs the ball quickly uh sometimes a little too quickly for me uh when he saw some pressure in his face um but i'm sure he, you know he was seeing it a lot this year um but i i do think he has the ability to be a good quarterback um but like dak prescott he was a fourth round pick i don't think dak should have gone in the fourth round he probably should have been you know picked earlier but i, I don't think dak should have been a top five or top two quarterback either um I think Will Levis has the traits, all, all the, a lot of the traits that you look for in the NFL uh, to be a good quarterback, but he was just, he didn't make his decisions fast enough for me. There was the extra hitch in his drop back, uh, just taking the extra second, not being timed up with his receivers, 
uh, when I wanted him to be missing a few open guys uh, in different places. Um, I, but I, I, I think the Dak Prescott comp is a good one. Uh, I, I give Dak a lot of shit, um, but he's a good NFL quarterback. He's not an elite NFL quarterback, um, but he is a good NFL quarterback and he deserves to be a starting quarterback. Um, I'm not sure that I can say the same thing about Will Levis is deserving to be a starter right now. Um, but you know, I think he can work at that and, and, and be playing at a high enough level to make that happen. Um, and, and to me, I see a lot of Dak in his game. Um, and you know, that's good enough to be a starter in the league. Yeah. He definitely has all the tools, all of the talent to be an NFL quarterback, a starter in the NFL, like a Dak Prescott level starter. Um, but I sometimes question just the mentality, um, just uh, like he, his his arm talent does pop on film. He he looks good. Um, he looks like he has the necessary tools to be a successful NFL quarterback. But I don't know. It's I'm I'm just worried about the the touchdown rate, the interception rate. Um, he has a high percentage of his throws that are turnover worthy. Um, it's, it's concerning. Um, I definitely have my concerns and he's probably my QB three behind Stroud and young. Um, I mean, it, because he has the potential, but it's, it hasn't shown, um, it hasn't translated to the field quite yet. Yeah. Another thing I saw a lot of was like Kentucky ran the ball constantly this year. Uh, there were a lot of, in his films, huge jumps in yardage and, and, you know, they'd be at the 40 and then all of a sudden they jump to the next drive and they have scored a touchdown. Uh, they seem to not love to put the ball in his hands um, this year, at least uh, there were a couple of times I saw him throw pretty short of the sticks on third and long, not giving his, again, you know, not giving his receiver the ball in stride, not allowing him to, to get the first down or even have a chance um, making those decisions that aren't helping your football team win games and move down the field. Uh, and, and I think they ran the ball a lot more because of that. Um, I think that's something he's going to really need to work on is seeing the field a, a little bit better and, and not pulling the ball down as quickly and not checking down as quickly. Uh, those were, those are things I definitely noticed a lot of. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm speaking on that point. Like he, he doesn't look bad running the ball. Um, he's definitely tough to bring down. He's a, he's a, he's a hard runner. physical runner and he makes a yeah. strong decision. I'll give him that. I mean, he goes and he he'll he's not afraid to take a hit for sure. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Guys, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned that you think Will Levis is definitely top five. Um, I wouldn't say definitely. I would say I would I could definitely see it happening. Do you have him over either Stroud or Young in your in your rankings right now? Um, in my personal rankings. As a football player right now, no. I can I, I could see an argument where I would say that he has the potential to get better than them. But right now, I wouldn't say that he is. Just as a pure prospect, do you have him as QB three? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, part of me wants to put him up to two, but like I don't know if I can make a. There's no good argument for me to make him ahead of Stroud or Young, so. I mean, I think when we look at Young's year this year and compared to his previous year and 
Levis in the same situation. Both were on worse teams. You know, I, I like that Levis still kept his completion percentage up this year around 65%. I'd like that. Um, the the touchdown to interception ratio isn't great, but I don't know if I want to put too much emphasis on that. So much as of that situational football in Kentucky wasn't that good of a team this year. And like you all said, they do like to run the ball. So I think there's explanations for some of the shortcomings this year, but I still do think it was a bit of a disappointing year. I think we would have liked to have seen him make a bit more of a jump. But uh, my the, the core of my analysis is just on the, the strong belief that I think NFL teams just like the guy. You know, and that, that's really what I'm largely going off of. So I think draft capital is going to answer that for me. Well, yeah, I mean, NFL teams have come out and said how much they like him. So yeah. um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we done with Levis? I have nothing else to add. All right, let's get into Mr. Anthony Richardson. Um, so I think this guy is a bit of a Konami code kind of guy. What do we think? Uh, those prospects, those quarterback prospects that we love because they are able to run the football. The dude um, is an athlete. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get this started here with Anthony Richardson, uh, quarterback from Florida. He is 21 years old, turning 22 in May. So he's still young. Uh, he is a lovely, a lovely 6'4, 232. And man, can he run? I think if we're taking any quarterback in this draft, and we're talking about the most singular elite trait of any quarterback in this draft, it has to be Anthony Richardson's athleticism. It is ridiculous for a man that big to move like that. Um, and he's just fast. He's hard to bring down. He doesn't. He, he drives forward like a running back. It's really fun to see. And you're listening to me if you've never heard of Anthony Richardson, and you're like, Will, well, what's the problem? Throwing the football is a little bit of a problem. Um, his, his arm strength is awesome because he's just a super athlete, but the accuracy is, is the concern. Um, especially the short and intermediate accuracy. I think he throws a nice deep ball actually, actually, I I don't really think there's anything horribly wrong with overthrowing someone on a deep ball because at worst just falls incomplete. And if he's doing anything, it's that, um, and accuracy can always be a fixable thing i've watched a good chunk of anthony richardson film now and one thing i actually do like about him is his ability in the pocket i i initially i thought he was a little erratic but i think my judgment was skewed because of his throwing accuracy but when watching him i thought he seemed pretty composed i actually saw a stat of him recently which perhaps allowed me to watch him in different lens that he was only sacked like 14 times this year which he, which is really impressive, and he, he, his ability to not get sacked, it's not like Florida, some like star-studded team like C.J. Stroud has, is really great. I like it's, and I think he might leave the pocket a little bit too soon sometimes because he is such a good athlete, and he's like, I can just go run, and part of me is like, sure, but from a dynasty fantasy football perspective. I think an argument can be made where he could be the first quarterback you take just because the potential is so high. I don't think that's smart right now. I think he's probably going to go somewhere between 12 and like 18, somewhere in there in the NFL draft. 
but it's just it's so enticing. He has he brings something that other quarterbacks don't. And even if you get, I mean, what did Zach Wilson get in the NFL? A horrible quarterback. Zach Wilson got two years of starting time as an NFL quarterback. If Anthony Richardson can just get two years of starting time, he's going to be a QB one in those two years just because of the rushing potential alone. If he can figure out how to be an average passer, he's going to be a QB one for five, six years minimum. Uh, in my opinion, with that first-round draft capital. And when you combine those things, I think it gives him a strong argument where he's the best dynasty prospect quarterback here. But I don't think – I'm not saying that now. I'm just saying that it's possible that it happens just because of how elite his athleticism is. That's my take on Anthony Richardson. I think he offers that, and he has that potential. If he can work it out as a passer, I think best case for him – is honestly going to like the Detroit Lions where he could sit behind Goff for a year and then he gets those and then got they move on from Goff and Richardson's the guy something like that where he can work on his game a bit more in an NFL setting so he's only played two years of college football and it's been on a Florida team uh with one year of Dan Mullen who is my noted uh nemesis so I'll pass it over to Jared for me I'm I'm looking at the the draft, and outside of the Ravens, I don't see a single team that I think could coach him and build an offense uh, that that could build an offense around him that that could properly suit him. Obviously, the Ravens have done it. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson. I, I no no other team has ever done that. I I don't think uh, besides maybe the 49ers tried it this year and it didn't quite work out when Trey Lance went down. Um, and they, you know, tried it with Kaepernick. Uh, but I, I think the Lions, if Ben Johnson stays there for multiple years, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll end up getting a head coaching job, especially after next year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that would be good for his development to sit there. But the, then it's just, I guess I don't know how, how coachable accuracy really is because that's his main thing. He does look great in so many different areas but the ball he throws is just wildly inaccurate it looks beautiful in the air if you were to take a uh like i don't know one second overview of like right after it leaves his hand to right before it the receiver is in the viewpoint the ball looks incredible the completion percentage <laughs> like, is very low to be, and also he had a lot of drops too if you florida's receivers were a bit lacking. yeah not an def- excuse but definitely yeah i definitely saw some drops uh on his tape and i i don't want to you know knock him for that but man there are so many times where he skies the ball just it it just does yeah. not look pretty. I I don't I like watching I it. I hey. I have him on my do not draft board for that. <laughs> he's he's the only player I got there because I just I don't I don't know if he can change that. He does look good in the pocket. He doesn't get scared. I think a part of that is because he's so big and fast and strong. Uh, he doesn't need to be you know moving his feet and being uh, scared of these rush big rushers coming down on him. He has that ability to escape when he wants to and make that decision quickly. And, and that, you know, gives uh, him a, a good ability to stay in the pocket and, um, you know, continue to throw downfield sometimes. Uh, and I do think guys, you ra- you said he throws a good deep ball. I agree with that as well. Um, it, it, it's the best. It's definitely his best uh, in terms of short, intermediate and deep balls. I think his deep ball is his best. Um, 
I yeah, mean, I, but but the main knock, yeah, he's just. I mean, yeah, he's just so yeah, inaccurate. No, I'm not, man. I so don't disagree hard, with you. I, I, I don't mean, disagree yeah. with you. And that's think, all that. Like, yeah, I just I hope he could fix it. It's just I it's think horrible the deep right ball. Now. I think the deep ball is the hardest to fix, and he's got that at a at a, a suitable level, I think. But let's even if it's like a third of a chance that he improves that short and intermediate accuracy to like a like a, a, a like a like a sustainable level. So I, I would actually oh, say that the, one. the intermediate one. for sure, but the intermediate throw is is much much harder. The deep ball, there's not as many people out there, and a of lot course. of times, you know, if yeah, there's even true. if there's two people, like a safety in a corner, you can really you can throw it up and let your receiver run underneath it. The intermediate throws you have to layer over linebackers are really hard, uh, and you have to read where the linebackers well, going. He's definitely and, and getting it over them. <laughs> exactly, but then you have a you know if you miss over the top, sometimes yeah. there's safeties and you know you you want it you have to thread those balls you know extremely tight uh yeah i agree with you i, so, I completely agree i mean it's a huge concern it's a huge yeah. concern but yeah. it's like if he figures it out though. exactly <laughs> so like but that's somebody else can yeah. figure that out for me so uh, <laughs> i i think that you know there's the, the upside is enormous endless endless possibilities uh those are just really hard throws that he, he yeah. does not have right now in his game and i hope he can fix it i'm rooting for him uh, but I just don't have full faith and confidence. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Mr. Lee, what are your thoughts? I have a lot uh, because I've gone back and forth on this Anthony Richardson kid. Oh, me lot. too. My opinion will change tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but I think I've kind of uh, solidified my take on Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is an outlier. Definitely. Um, Perlman, you mentioned that we don't know if accuracy is something that you can teach. There is one quarterback in the NFL today where they said accuracy was the biggest knock on him and that he was the most inaccurate quarterback, but he has all the tools. That's Josh Allen. Basically, if you're betting on Anthony Richardson, you are betting on an extreme outlier and you were saying that he has to basically have the same development as Josh Allen. It's that's a tough, tough bet to be making. Um, I don't know how many quarterbacks we've seen come through the NFL uh, who have been all potential, all the potential in the world, have all the tools, but they just don't pan out because it's uh, not many people can have the development path of a Josh Allen and correct all of the mistakes that they had earlier in their career and rely a lot on their athleticism. Um, and so I believe that I'm probably not going to be drafting too much Anthony Richardson um, this season, just because like Perlman said, I, I, I'm willing to let someone else take that bet since it's such, in my opinion, a low probability bet. Um, so actually one of the things that I uh, have been kind of anchoring to is Jax Falcone puts out, um, an anatomy of a top 12 dynasty quarterback. The data set that he used was Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, and Tua. Those thresholds that a quarterback has to hit in order to, uh, in college, in order to be a, an elite uh, NFL quarterback, you have to be a first round pick. Maybe Anthony Richardson is the first-round pick. Uh, he might be, based off of what we've been seeing in the news. He probably will be. 
Um, 6-2-220. He hit that. 8.5 yards per attempt and a 65% completion percentage. He did not hit either of those. Um, he had, in his best season, a 7.8% yards per attempt and a 53.8 completion percentage. Not great. Um, 600-plus college attempts. Throughout his college career, he's only had 350 passing attempts. Not many. 3,300-plus passing yards in his best season. Anthony Richardson only had 2,500 passing yards this year in his best season. 35-plus total touchdowns in his best season. Anthony Richardson only had 17 passing touchdowns this past season. 400-plus rushing yards and a 4.840 time. Uh, I expect Anthony Richardson to destroy that 4.840 time. He'll probably run like a 4.4. Um, and he had almost 700 rushing yards this season, so he well clears that mark. And then the last two are less than a 2.7% career interception rate and a 75-plus QBR, and he does not hit either of those thresholds. So out of the nine thresholds in order to be coined an elite NFL quarterback prospect, Anthony Richardson, let's say, hits two and a half of them, with the half being him being a first-round pick. So that's not looking good. Um, That's not looking good at all. Um, Kind of what I've been thinking is like, oh, maybe like a Lamar Jackson could be like a prospect comp because I wasn't too big on Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson – uh, wasn't loved by the NFL either. He fell all the way to pick 32. Lamar Jackson actually cleared every single one of those thresholds uh, throughout his college career and was also a Heisman Trophy winner. So I don't think that it's valid to compare Anthony Richardson to Lamar Jackson. The only person that you can really compare him to is Josh Allen. And in that case, you are betting on an extreme outlier who looked to be a bust in his first two years in the NFL. Um he was promising, but was definitely not considered a good NFL quarterback in his first two years. Um, so yeah, we'll I, see. I, we'll see. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I, I am saying that I think that there's a chance that he's the best from like a dynasty perspective, maybe. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with that now. But like when you bring up the Josh Allen stuff, it's like, yeah, that's that's what it is. You know, it's an outlier. It is. I, I think Richardson's athleticism is probably a bit better than Josh Allen's. Um, uh, I also saw some interesting stats about Richardson about how he had like the the highest throwaway percentage in FBS last year at six point six percent. So and also uh, one of the I mentioned this earlier, but like one of the lowest sack rates too. Um, like I, I've seen like shock comparisons to like Malik Willis with Anthony Richardson and kind of like how they're kind of just like random project guys. But Malik Willis took like closer to 60 sacks his final year at Liberty. So I, I, th- I like that he has the pocket presence. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's like end all be all of pocket presence, but that's there. The athleticism's there. The throwing power is there. The deep ball's kind of there. And then we just need to work on short and intermediate. It's possible. It's possible. I, you know, it's like, I know it's way easier said than done. Um, I know he didn't hit a lot of the metrics like you said, but I'm not advertising him as this like finished product either. Uh, it's just like, it's the template that needs like one more piece to be like somewhat complete. And it's just very tantalizing. I think everything is going to be situation draft capital. First, if he gets like between 10 and 20 and he gets into like a good situation, 
then I'm way more like about this. I think around like in rookie drafts, like around 106 to 109, you know, like that kind of range. And it's, it's at the range where it's like, you know, if this doesn't work out, my team's fine. My team's good. But if it does work out, like, holy shit, I'm picking at 112 for the next six years, you know, like it's, it's one of those type of things. And it has the potential to be one of those type of things. Yeah, I definitely see the potential. He has all of the upside in the world. I think in this, like you said, in this draft class, he has, he possesses the highest upside, like by far. Um, he just also has the lowest floor. Team upside. Um, team upside. He he has the lowest floor too. Uh, so it's 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 a little bit scary. It's fun. Um, but like you guys said, if he goes to the right organization, um, it's going to take a little bit of time. But it's it's going to be hard to bet against him. I think the one team that I've seen him mock to once, and I started thinking about it, and it's probably my favorite landing spot for him. It's the Seattle Seahawks. If Pete Carroll drafts him in the first round. I will buy into the Anthony Richardson hype train because um, he he would get to sit behind Geno Smith for a few years, um, and Pete Carroll is a pretty damn good NFL coach, um, and he's got a pretty good system over there, and he likes to run the ball. So I I think if he goes to the Pete Carroll system, I will I will get behind the kid. I'll give you that. That would that would be exciting if if they took him at twenty. That would be a good spot for him probably the best spot he could land in if they took him at five that would be insane and then you know that would be insane hey he could do it i could see it happening uh no not really um but no i think you're right Pete carroll um has shown uh the ability to to make quarterbacks work uh to be a, a very good head coach for a really long time uh you know, I think that would be a great landing spot. It would be very interesting to see if Seattle's willing to do that. Um, but Gino would give him some time to sit and learn the game. I think it would be I think Gino would probably be a great teacher for him. Uh and so that would be a good shot. But again, in that situation, you're waiting maybe a year or even two. Um and you know, if he goes to Seahawks, I still probably won't at 20. I still probably won't draft him and maybe I'll get hype on him in a couple of years and try to trade for him low. But uh, he's definitely got some work to do, uh, but there is endless upside and there is bottomless floor. So uh, hopefully he, he hits that upside and, and is able to work on that passing and, and get it right because he is just an incredible athlete. Like we said, there's no knock to his game in terms of athletics. Uh, and I, I just hope he can become more accurate. Also, I just have to say one more thing before we wrap this up that, you know, I don't know if the floor is the absolute bottom because if he gets first round draft capital, he's going to start for at least one season. Like, I mean, it's just going, it's, it's what happens. Um, and quarterbacks are so hard to predict anyway. Might as well go with the guy that has some sort of rushing floor for when he plays that one or two seasons at worst, you know? So I don't know if the floor is the, is the bottom. I mean, I think like the bottom is Zach Wilson where he puts up like five points a game over like a season and a half, two seasons like sprinkled in with some injuries. So that that's the bottom to me. I don't think that that's his floor. I mean, if he gets first round draft capital anyways, a like, caveat on all that. Zach Wilson got first round draft capital. Exactly. When did, when did Jordan point. Love that's start a whole season? First round picks. Yeah, Jordan Love hasn't uh, When did Jordan yet. Love start? I forget. He got drafted first first round four years ago okay well if he if anthony richardson doesn't get drafted behind a hall of famer to a dumbass organization who's not drafting wide receivers then i will recant that statement hey 
So that's the floor. Okay. The floor is never playing. The floor is Zach Wilson. Hall of Fame. <laughs> the floor, no, I, but Jordan Love's value is even higher than Zach Wilson. So, yeah, so the floor is Zach Wilson. So, yeah, floor <laughs> yeah, is the Zach floor Wilson. is still Zach Wilson. <laughs> but I think that wraps up this episode today. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, checking in and listening. Um, I think we'll do a lot of episodes like this as we go through the off season. Uh, try to get some good film study in and talk about these guys in depth. Um, and so you can give it your best shot in your rookie drafts. Um, appreciate y'all listening. Check in next week.